Welcome back to the From Here to Wear podcast, recording from Union Cowork in downtown Los Angeles. I'm here with one of my very best friends, Brittany Johnson. I'm so happy to have you here. She's the founder and CEO of Fashion Pass. Thanks for being here. So happy to be here. So happy. This is take two. We're going to have full transparency. We were <laughs> so nervous the first time we did this uh, for season one. I don't know what happened. We but. were just getting to know each other. It was, I don't know. It was awkward. But talk about the power of like random DMs because I was a subscriber to her company, which we'll tell you about in a second. But I just literally cold DM'd her and was like, will you come on my podcast? You're so cool. And I was so nervous. It was crazy. <laughs> well, it's so funny too, because I feel like I'm not even in my personal DMs. I'm not that active, but something about your message was just, I don't know, it stood out to me in some way. And I was like, oh my God, I'll totally get coffee with you. I remember years later, we actually pulled back the email that I sent you to. With That's like, what it was. I think I had like a media kit. I just was starting my brand and I had no idea what I was doing. And it was pretty professional. That, no, it was very professional. <laughs> and you were one of like our original member supporters. So I was like, oh, I will give you any time you need, like, because you're supporting me. It was crazy. No, I was like, I feel like I'm day one fashion pass. People ask me if I work for fashion pass. No, I don't. I just love it. But okay, really quick. So for those of you guys who don't know, you need to get with the program, but fashion pass is basically the revolve of clothing rental services. You pay one flat monthly price. You get unlimited rentals of clothing and accessories from your favorite brands, like for love and lemons, show me your moo moo free people. It's an incredible business concept. And I originally started using this when I was working as a TV reporter in Palm Springs because I needed new outfits all the time. And now with Instagram and social media, I mean, nobody wants to wear the same outfit twice on Instagram. I mean, you can, but I don't know. It's fun to always have new clothes, but it's so expensive to always have new clothes. Stupid expensive. Stupid Stupid expensive. That's literally the only way of putting it. Exactly. So, and then, I mean, in college, you're borrowing people's clothes and tell me more. I don't want to say it for you, but how did you start, you know, this vision, this concept of creating fashion pass? Yeah. You pitched it brilliantly. I'm like, do you always want to do that for us? (laughs) I'm like, who should I talk to? (laughs) Um, So yeah, like you said, in college was really where... I think I came up with the idea because we were always sharing clothes. I was spending so much money. I actually, it's such a silly story, but I tricked my dad into paying me my meal plan. So he essentially, I was like, dad, this is so dumb that you're paying the school all this money. I would rather eat healthier and buy my own food. And why don't you just give me that money? And instead I literally went to Ralph's and I bought like 10 boxes of oatmeal. Oh I my ate God. oatmeal for every single meal. And I was just shopping my little heart out. And then it got to be where I was like, okay, this isn't sustainable after college. <laughs> I should probably like figure this out. And that's when I really started thinking about it. I was like, I wish there was just at the time a Netflix mm-hmm. for clothes. That's what I really wished was out there. And then it was frustrating to share with friends as much as I love sharing clothes. It just gets kind of like tricky, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have clothing items and you forget, you know, who you loaned it out to and, you know, maybe it comes back not in the condition you wanted. And yeah, we've all been there sharing clothes. It was kind of like I wanted to take out the middleman and I was feeling like the middleman Mm -hmm. in the transaction. So I was like, if I could just remove myself from the borrowing equation, have somebody clean the clothes, 
give them back and then rent them out again, that would be amazing. It's also like the, your website, Fashion Pass, it's like that scene in Clueless when she's like, you know, has her like uh, conveyor belts of clothing and she's trying to figure out what to wear and then it like matches it for her. I mean, not so much as that, but I feel like you're fashion. No, I love that. <laughs> That's I like what that. I think of. But it's so interesting to me that you had this vision. You were always really passionate about fashion, but actually, I mean, what you studied in school and I believe like your first job was totally not in that industry at all. Not at all. And it's funny because I still don't know if I consider myself to be in the fashion industry. Like I still feel like I come from a different kind of like background, I guess, mm -hmm. that it doesn't feel natural to me. So yes, I started in tech, if you will. So I worked for a number of startups big tech companies. Um, I studied business in college. I always was obsessed with fashion. I would go, my mom was a hairstylist in Pasadena. So every Saturday I would go with her to work and I would go shop in Saks. And by shop, I mean, I would try <laughs> everything on in the store and then I would just like leave it in the dressing room and never buy anything. And I was like the worst. Nobody's going to know. Like, oh, I feel so bad. I would never do that now. It's but okay. I was like that little kid who was like, oh yeah, I can buy anything. I was 12 or something, but I was always obsessed with clothes and the idea of having something new to wear and how I think it's always been for me, like how clothes make you feel because when you're wearing the right outfit, you just feel like a million bucks. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of always in the back of my mind, but I went to work for a tech company because I was just really passionate about tech and entrepreneurship in general. And I thought I could learn a lot mm -hmm. at all of these companies actually. And I did end up learning a lot, but in the back of my mind was this idea always. And then when I kind of noticed nobody was doing it the way that I wanted it to be done, that's when I was like, okay, I think now seeing these other people run these companies, like why can't I? Mm -hmm. And that's when I was like, okay, screw it. I'm going for it. This episode is brought to you by Organifi. Organifi is a San Diego based organic superfood company and my go-to spot to make wellness easy. I love that Organifi's products are vegan, non-GMO, and keto-friendly, and I just love how they make me feel healthy, refreshed, and empowered to know that I'm doing something every day for my overall health. I love Organifi's green juice blend for stress support. This one helps reset my body and boost energy, and I also love Organifi's immunity blend. My morning ritual is to mix one of these packets with water for a boost in vitamin C and overall immune support. Organifi's products taste great and are a simple way to supplement essential vitamins, nutrients, and proteins. I love these products. They are amazing. And you can choose from dozens of healthy, unique blends on their website, OrganifiShop.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I shop.com. And to put a fresher twist on it, make it younger, modern, more fun, and to have uh, something that's totally new, I feel like, which is great. And also your tech background really plays into what you're doing because there's so much technology that goes into the website, all of the logistics behind the scenes of your business sure. that you could have probably never anticipated when you had this dream to start this company. Never. I thought it was going to be a piece of cake. Thank God I did because I think the fact that I was naive is the only reason Fashion Pass <laughs> exists today. But at our core, we are a tech company first. And I think that's what maybe a lot of people don't realize is we're a tech company who happens to be in fashion. And while you're still in business and other people who have a dream to, you know, start a business or, you know, 
it's, it's amazing to have that, but also it requires a lot of, you know, skill and uh, discipline and learning and failure sometimes and getting back up and Lots going, failure. trying new things. So let's go back to your early days when you were making that decision to make a huge career move and to start yeah. something new, which is really risky. It takes a lot of courage. And uh, I guess let's go back to those early days and what it was like, because even if, you know, somebody listening to this podcast isn't thinking of, you know, dropping what they're doing and starting a business. But I feel like a lot of the lessons you went through are really transferable to people who aren't happy in something that they're doing. They have a vision or a passion for something else and want to pursue it. So let's go back. What did that journey look like for you in the early days? Definitely. That's so funny. So in my early days at a couple of these tech companies, I remember when certain speakers would come in to like talk to the team, I would always ask them like, what was that turning point for you? Like what was that tipping point or that moment that you knew you were going to go for it? Mm -hmm. And I would say that there's never one specific moment. It's like a lot of small moments that Mm -hmm. kind of culminate into this decision. But I think more than anything, what was extremely important for me is just knowing that it was a viable business and Mm -hmm. that the need was there. And because thankfully it was such a huge personal problem for me, I had that validation from myself. Mm-hmm. And then I just talked to as many people as I possibly could about it. And I was like, would you be interested in this? Is this something that you struggle with too? Mm-hmm. And then once that kind of came about, it was just a matter of time. Um, for me, I think I was a little bit fortunate in the sense that I just was so unhappy at my job. Maybe if I was happy at my job, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been as inclined to start my own thing. Yeah. But because I was so unhappy, I just felt like I had to, one, get myself out of the situation. Mm-hmm. And two, I was like, there's never going to be a better time. Mm-hmm. So it's now or never. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of when I was like, all right, I'm pulling the trigger. And I just slowly started taking steps towards it. Like even making a logo yeah. was such a huge thing. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to get um, the trademark for this and little things like that. And then I made sure to tell everybody I knew because <laughs> the second I tell anybody I'm going to do something, I have to do it. Like they keep you accountable. Yeah. Yes. I'm, yeah. I will never not do something that I broadcast. So I was like, if I tell everybody I'm going to do it. That's amazing. And I know more about your story because we've gotten so close over the years, but I think it's so cool to hear how you started in a spare room in your house, which became an office, which then became a warehouse. And now you have, I was in awe the first time I saw Brittany's warehouse. I like took a step back and my eyes just were like, oh my God. It was a really cool moment to see like that, you know, spare room in your house and how your, your business has grown so much. And now you, you know, work with your fiance, you, uh, you know, have hired I don't even know, dozens of employees, like over 50 now, over 50. And, and you have a huge warehouse of all these clothes and these new styles. And it's just such a cool validation just to see somebody's dream come into fruition like that. It's really cool. Thank you. It's amazing. I have been seriously the biggest supporter. So thank you. It's amazing. Tell me about those early days when you were starting back in that small room and you had a couple pieces of clothing and, you know, did you ever find a moment where you're like, I don't know if this is going to work. And then what motivated you to, to keep going and to keep pushing forward? Such a good question. Oh, thinking back and like, I think every day I thought that this wasn't going to work and like 
If anybody says that that's not the case, like they're lying, even now there's certain days where you just have to like fight through that kind of doubt or the fear of if I do this, what's going to happen next? So I think in the early days, I literally just focused on putting one foot in front of the other. Mm -hmm. And at that time, it was like, open the bag, smell the items, make sure they don't smell before you ship them (laughs) out to customers, make sure you wash them before Mm -hmm. they go out to customers. It was like, I did everything from cleaning the clothes to inspecting them to buying them to the customer service. And I just kind of told myself like, okay, get through this day and move on to the next one. But also like try and keep the bigger picture in mind because I think it's easy to get caught up in the little things, especially when you're first starting and you have to constantly remind yourself why you're doing something and where you're going, even if your situation doesn't look like how you wish it did in the beginning. Completely. And I think was also so unique. You have a great support system around you. And oh, thank God. Thank goodness for that, because it's so important to have people who encourage you and can provide different ideas. And I think it's super rare and amazing that you have Joel, your fiance. So tell me a little bit about that and how you guys actually went into business together. You know, what was he doing before that? And then you guys came together. And also, I'm interested, you know, what is that like working with a significant other because it's not for everyone. It's I'm sure. Definitely not for everybody. Um, so going back to your first question, Joel is my biggest, biggest, biggest support system. None of this would be what it is right now. I would not be like alive right now. I don't think if it weren't for him because he definitely gets me through the really hard moments. And then we also get to celebrate the really big wins. So it's it's good. Like he's there for my low lows, but also we get to celebrate our high highs together. Mm -hmm. So how it all started is we were actually dating at the time and we were dating for a while while we were running the business together, but we had kind of recently started dating and I had always talked about this idea with him. I think he was honestly part of the reason why I decided to go for it because he had his own company. And I remember him at one point, he's like, why are you slaving away for your boss and like, why do you hate your job? I'm like, I don't know. You're right. I should probably do something about that. Yeah. So then, and like, he he brought this on himself actually now that I think about it. Um, But we started, I'll speed it up a little bit. Long story short, I launched the business and then we had it kind of like in our guest bedroom. Mm -hmm. So we had all the clothes in there. My only members at the time were my best friends. It was like the only people who I could get to sign up. So they would physically come to the house to try everything on. And then Joel was running his own business kind of in his like home office. So he would overhear our conversations. Mm-hmm. And then slowly after probably honestly, like after a couple weeks, he was like, people are really obsessed with this. I think this is more than just an idea. I think this is a really viable business. Mm-hmm. And he was already helping me just out of like the, the goodness of his yes. heart. That's out the of guy the he kindness is. of his heart. He was already helping me. I would be like, I have no idea how to talk to these developers or what they're saying. Can you please help me? And he would pitch in anytime. So he was already helping. And then once he, I think, got just really into the idea, he was like, wait, I'm I'm coming on board. So we never actually even had a conversation about it to this day. I can't remember one, but it was kind of just this transition of he gave 
his business to his brother and gave us a weird word, but like he had his brother essentially take, take over, over the uh-huh. business. Yeah. And then he dove into Fashion Pass full time. And it kind of worked, I think, out for the best because it wasn't such a thought out decision. It was just really natural. And we were already working together so well that I don't think either of us questioned it. Mm-hmm. My dad definitely questioned it, but mm-hmm. we were like, we're good. It'll work out. It's amazing. And I mean, it's not always like rainbows and butterflies. I'm sure it's not it's at all. pretty hard. And you guys are dealing with some real challenges like hiring and firing employees and dealing with, you know, big fashion brands and competitors. And so it really Definitely. tests a relationship for sure. Why do you think it's so important to have, you know, a supportive partner like that through this? Oh my gosh. I don't think you could do it without it. Mm-hmm. I think that... It's nice for us because we're both so bought in to the vision and the company that we're that much stronger for it. But I think we also obviously care so much about each other and our well-being that we can learn when to push the other person, but also when the other person just needs like a pat on the back. And when you're like, hey, like you've got this, just keep fighting, like you're okay. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I think having somebody who is supportive, yeah, for sure, who can give you a pat on the back or can a kick in the ass either way. Yes. You know, like sometimes I really need that. And Joel's never afraid to be like, you're being insane. Please stop. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that's fair. You're like sometimes I am. That's okay. And vice versa. I'll be like, what you're doing doesn't make any sense. Can you rethink it? Or I'm like, I think you can try a little bit harder. And he'll be like, you're right. And vice versa. So that's great. It works out. That's really good. And it's a good example of, you know, couples like really coming together in a partnership to work and do business together. Um, because sometimes it's just, it doesn't work. Personalities don't match up or line up, but I think it's makes you guys even stronger and why you guys are obviously getting married and I can't wait for your wedding. Thank you. Yeah. It's interesting because I think not everybody needs to work together too. There's nothing wrong if you don't work well together. It's just been, I think such a cool thing for us because it's fashion pass is our baby as much as a child would be. I think Mm -hmm. I don't have a child, but I think it would be. It's your first baby. It's like our first baby and it makes us close in a way that we would never be otherwise. So I just think that part of it is so fun and I don't know. It's just the coolest thing. Yes. So let's talk about some of the like expectation versus reality of, I know you said you don't feel like you're in the fashion industry, but you pretty, pretty much are. are. Yeah. Yeah. I remember this one anecdote you were telling me, you went to a conference or something and you were getting, you, I think you brought your sister, like, because (laughs) you were like, I need to have an assistant or something. I don't tell me that story again, because that was so funny. And it was kind of like, a wake-up call, like, oh, shit. Like It was definitely an oh, shit moment. We all it was have those moments. Also, my biggest – not my biggest. I mean, I do this every day, but, like, a fake it till you make it moment because I I don't even know what happened, but I think we were running really late. Like, I was just late in the game, and buying happened seasonally. So there was a conference in Vegas. It's an a biannual conference in Vegas happening. And five days before, I realized that I needed to be at this conference. And that was really like all that I knew. I just knew that I needed to be there. Like gotta be there. I don't know what it is, but I need to be there. (laughs) I literally had no concept. So I told my sister, I'm like, come on, you're not doing anything. You have to, she was in college. So I was like, I'm bringing you with me to this conference. I need you to be my assistant buyer. 
and I'm getting business cards made. You just have to be really professional. Like, don't screw this up, Amanda. (laughs) So my poor sister, I like drag her to Vegas with me. We're at this conference and I, again, was just so naive that I was walking up to all of these different booths. Um, I remember walking up to For Love and Lemons and I was like, hi, I have this idea. This is how it's going to work. Good, right? Mm -hmm. And they were looking at me and they're like, "Um, no, can you come back to us in like a year maybe? And my heart was shattered. All of my hopes and dreams on the floor. And I looked at Amanda and I was like, okay, we're not stopping. Go to the next booth. Like, let's just keep pitching people and let's be more serious this time. Maybe they just didn't take us seriously enough. Yeah. So we just would keep going, keep going. But yeah. Rapid it was, fire. It was rapid fire. And then even ahead of the conference going into it, we didn't even necessarily have tickets or badges or anything. So I just told my sister on the way to the conference, I'm like, if this doesn't work out, you cannot tell mom and dad because they are going to think I'm such a failure. And either way, we're going to make this work. So just let's, let's try. But it takes a lot of courage. And I think the art of the pitch, you know, pitching a concept, pitching yourself, explaining your idea to others and facing like that little like bite of rejection when you went up to that booth. But the fact that you didn't like you know, call it quits and like go have a margarita at the, you know, hotel lobby bar, but you oh, kept going, so nice, though. which you probably deserved. But <laughs> the fact that you like, were like, no, we're going to go to another booth and we're just going to act more serious this time, or we're going to refine our pitch or we're going to change things up a bit. You know, that takes a lot of courage that I think a lot of people are so afraid of, you know, people have big ideas, but they're afraid to put themselves out there, afraid to hear no's or rejection. And I think that's, really part of the process. Oh my gosh. It is so a part of the process. I think even to this day, we get no's all the time, whatever it may be about. But I think no's are a part of life in general and especially a part of business. But in my mind back then, and even now I always focus on like control what you can control and leave the rest. So in that moment I was like, okay, I'm going to control what I can. I'm going to go to smaller brands who maybe aren't as well known start with them, build the brand up that way. And then I'll worry about the bigger brands later. Maybe they'll be interested later, but I'm not going to worry about it Mm -hmm. right now because it's not in my control. Completely. So I love your concept of, I mean, fake it till you make it. That is something that I have done. And so many people who have reached any bit of success have done, which is amazing. I'm curious, what were some of those like top things that you, I guess, like maybe like a few tips, like when you're just starting out a business, things that you need to have, like business cards, a website, a presence on social media, like to you, what was most valuable when starting out your business? And I mean, now you have a great presence on social media, but in order to like walk like a duck, talk like a duck, quack like a duck, you know, that's like, it is a duck. It is a fashion brand. I think that's kind of what you, you make out of it, but you need to have a few things in place first. So what were those most valuable or important things right at the beginning, I guess? That is such a good question. Let me think about that. I definitely think just having a website that people can easily reference, it's like consistent because Mm -hmm. I think you can tell right away when a brand isn't consistent in what they do. And I think that that's 
such an important thing. Um, business cards, not so much today. I think the Instagram presence is so much more important. Mm-hmm. And honestly, even the way that I search Instagram these days is I'll search hashtags. So I was looking for so silly, but I was looking for sugar cookies, like custom sugar cookies the other day. And they search custom sugar cookies LA. And I think just the more that you're hashtagging yeah. things early on, the more likely somebody is to stumble upon, upon you. But also I just think taking steps. I don't think that there's one thing that you can do that is going to make somebody notice you more, take you more seriously. But I think just putting yourself out there and being willing to get hard feedback is the best thing because I think we've gotten so much hard feedback over the years, but every piece of like difficult feedback or every no, I've been like, oh, we should probably tweak this or people don't understand this. They're assuming this. And I think that that's the most important thing is just like get it out there in whatever way, even if it's your rough draft version, like put yourself out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, put yourself out there. Don't be afraid. And also kind of knowing what you're walking into a little bit too. And I think that's why, you know, listening to podcasts like these and hearing from people who have, you know, done it before and networking is so important. I know that's a great skill that you have, you know, you're constantly hosting or going to different events and you know, meeting with people, which is so great, but also to like kind of keep an eye on like, you know, what are other people doing out there and kind of keeping a pulse on the industry. So I'm curious, you know, that element of competition and, you know, fashion is a very cutthroat industry. I'm curious, you know, what's your experience and take on that? Because whether you're in fashion or you are in, you know, the medical field or law, you know, there's always going to be people that are competing with you and, I'm just curious what your experience is with that and how you grow from it, learn from it, just yeah. absorb it. It's a part of life, you know? Definitely. I think there's two ways of looking at it. One, it's just good to stay on top of competitors and do your competitive research so you're aware and in the loop. But the way that I look at everything overall is it goes back so long ago, which is so silly, but my swim coach used to always tell me, like, do not look at the lanes to your right or to your left because the second you look, they just beat you. Mm. And I think that for some reason that's always stuck with me and that's that's how I view competition in every aspect. And that's how I even tell a lot of our team members to go about their days. Like, don't worry about the other people on the team or don't worry about your competitors or anything. Do you mm-hmm. and do whatever it is that you're doing the very best that you possibly can. Keep iterating, but stay in – like have blinders on in a sense because the second that you're worried about somebody else, right. that's pulling your attention and then it's pulling you away from the thing that you were already running towards. Completely. That's such good advice. I feel like I can even relate to that from my broadcast days. You know, very competitive and cutthroat when you're all looking for jobs in similar markets. And, you know, if you, yeah, you know, have to have those blinders on because if you start looking and comparing yourself to other people, it'll just drag you down and you won't be able to focus on yourself or, or be unique. And then you start imitating the work of others and you're not being unique. Exactly. And I think that's, it's impossible not to imitate in some way if you're constantly looking at other people. Like I love getting inspiration from people, of course, but if you're focusing too much on any one person or any one company, you're bound to imitate them in Mm -hmm. some way. Exactly. Which is what I love also about Fashion Pass. You guys are so unique in that the clothes that you have and just, you know, the styles. And I'm obsessed because I feel like you guys are constantly 
evolving and on top of trends, which for me, I feel like I love fashion, but I don't have the time to figure out like what's in style. And you guys just make oh it gosh, easy for me. Do I? I'm like, that's why I lean on our team so <laughs> much now. I'm like, our team is so much cooler than I am and so much trendier. But that's something that I've realized over time is I'm like, I can't do this alone. Like I'm constantly leaning on other people who I know are trendier or cooler or whatever it may be. Shout out to Grace. Yeah, shout oh out God. to Grace, Maya. You're a whole, whole gang. Yeah. The customer service and support. I remember like even before we were close, when I was just a customer of Fashion Pass, I remember like, I think, I don't know, like my like postal delivery guy, like literally forgot to drop off the package. I don't know. USPS. Yeah. USPS. No, we FedEx all the way. Um, But I remember like for some reason needing to contact your customer support and it was just so refreshing to like talk to a real person. And it was like over text and like they're using like exclamation points and smiley faces. And it's just so clear that you're integrating like a young, fresh, like girly, like kind vibe through all levels of your business. Like whether it's somebody messaging you like, you know, oh, my package got lost or to like the higher up stuff. But I think it really trickles down in like you as a manager and stepping into this role because originally it was just you and Joel and then like a couple friends and then you're hiring more people. And I feel like you're integrating that philosophy into all you do, which maybe you're not even realizing, but it's really noticeable and it's really cool to see how that kind of translates. So thank you. Yeah, it's crazy. I I think I've started to notice it more and more over time. And I've always known that the person at the top is like the rest of the company kind of emulates what they do. Mm -hmm. But from the beginning, I've always wanted Fashion Pass to feel like you're borrowing from your best friend. Like it's just a fun, I don't know, easy, seamless thing and not something where we're this massive company who wants to keep you at arm's length. Like, no, we want to welcome you in. We want to bring you in in whatever way possible, even if that means spending more time on the phone with you or spending more time tracking down your package. Like we want to be there for you mm-hmm. as a friend. And that's also how we look at like our team members is at the end of the day, you want to like the people that you work with and you want to support them in all aspects, even if it's like personal, let's say. Mm-hmm. Completely. Yeah. You have a great team and it, and it takes a while to cultivate that and completely echo like the management at the top, because I've worked for places, I'm sure you have too, where the bosses are just mean or bitter, or you can tell they have some sort of ego or, and it's just miserable to work for those kinds of people. You know, you don't, you don't want to cultivate that that culture. And I really applaud you for that because it's so much fun. And I've done some modeling with fashion pass. And I remember even before you really even knew me, you invited me to come to like a fashion pass, like happy hour. And I just, you know, that was so fun. I remember that. And I'm like, Oh my God, these girls are so awesome. And like, like hanging out after work and like making sure your employees feel, you know, recognized and, you know, you're grateful for them. I think that's all really important to running a business as I'm sure, you know. Yeah, it's crazy because I think that there's so many companies and I've worked for a number of companies where you feel afraid to ask questions or afraid to be wrong. And that was probably one of the biggest things for me at Fashion Pass is I was like, I never want somebody to be scared of being wrong or of asking questions because there's a million questions that everybody has all day long. And if you feel like you're not going to be judged for asking a question, Mm -hmm. that's when people are constantly reaching higher levels and having a better understanding of things. But when you're constantly scared of what your boss will think, I think it 
ends up holding a lot of people back and it held me back. Mm -hmm. Switching gears here. um, I also want to talk a little bit. I know we're kind of like out of COVID ish now, who knows what's going to happen in the future, but I think it's amazing that you were able to stay afloat during COVID. A lot of, you know, businesses suffered different degrees. You know, it was devastating for some, but the fact, you know, clothing rental, that's a hard business to keep open because during COVID nobody had events to go to. But I remember in some of our conversations, you mentioning this was a really good time for you to like pause, reflect, recalibrate, like vamp up for what's happening in the future. So how did, how did you stay afloat during COVID? I mean, it's, yeah, I would say as soon as we knew that it was going to be something that we were really in for the long haul and it wasn't just going to be a blip, that's when we started to rethink everything. And we actually just kind of all of us like really banded together and we're like, how do we turn this into a positive and use this as an opportunity instead of letting this bring us down and destroy us? So we flipped the business on its head and it was one of the, I hate to call it a blessing because it's not that, but it was a necessary change, like necessary changes were made during that time Mm -hmm. that we otherwise would not have had the time or the bandwidth to make. So in some ways we were thankful for the slowdown because we lost a ton of members, Mm -hmm. but from the beginning, which I think I would operate a lot differently now, but from the beginning, I was just focused on grow, grow, grow. And I really had, um, just like my eye on the outside and how we were looking to an outsider versus what was best for the business at the time. Mm -hmm. And all I cared about was growth in the beginning and how fast and all of these things that don't actually make sense for Mm -hmm. a business, but I think it's easy to get wrapped up in that early on. So we had grown so much and a lot of our processes were just not scalable. We would get through the day, we would get through the week and we'd yeah. go, okay, uh, let's do it all again next week and we'll figure it out then. Mm-hmm. So when we had this slowdown, we honestly refined everything down to the smallest detail wow. and we're a much, much, much stronger company to say the least because of it. So mm-hmm. In some ways, I'm thankful for the slowdown, obviously not thankful for COVID, but for the pause where we could actually kind of collect ourselves and focus, get focused and like get ready. That was a huge blessing. That's a a great takeaway too. Obviously, you know, COVID was horrible in so many ways, but the fact that like you're looking at the silver lining on that and how you can, you know, grow from that. And I totally see that, you know, like for personal reasons and all of that, just to really nail down the processes and be like, okay, how can we scale this? What are we doing? Let's take a breath and, and figure that out. So important. That's amazing. And also probably, I guess, what would be some, you know, takeaways? I feel like you guys were in a good spot and for some people, maybe, you know, like a lesson learned, like have a backup plan, have savings, like maybe financial advisors, you know, what if scenarios I think are now all in the back of our heads because whether you are, you know, trying to just like pay your rent month to month or, you know, have a huge business, you know, I think a lot of people were like, oh shit, like if the world is ending, like what is your backup plan? What are you going to do? And I think that's also a lesson learned. Like fortunately it, it you worked out for you guys and you guys had 
great stuff already in place. I don't Absolutely. know. I'm kind of but rambling we, here. No, you're not at all. I think we had to have a lot of really hard conversations that I did not want to have. For instance, we had to cancel a lot of our buys. And part of me was like, I don't want to have this conversation mm-hmm. because I know the person on the other end and the company on the other end is going to be really impacted by this. Yeah. This is a hard conversation. Like, I don't want to have it. But then I picked up the phone and I kept picking up the phone and I kept having those hard conversations. But it's also just being willing to pivot however that looks for you and being willing to come up with a new idea. Mm-hmm. I think so many brands and so many companies did incredible things throughout COVID because they were willing to try something new. Mm-hmm. And that's something new, whether it worked, whether it didn't, they learned something from it or mm-hmm. it their business took off because of it. Mm-hmm. And I think just being open to doing something different than the way you're currently doing it, whether it's how you save money personally or within your business, it's just being willing to do the hard thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And pivot and just, yeah. Be adaptable and ready to try something else. the best word for it. Completely. Well, thank goodness COVID is over because we are all ready to get back in cute outfits and go travel. I'm so excited. So what's new? What's on the horizon for Fashion Pass? I know you guys have just revamped your website. Uh, Lots of cute styles, I'm sure, coming up. You probably are already thinking right now we're in the summertime, but when this airs in August, we're already going to be looking toward fall. You know, what is so insane. So we've already done actually a good majority of our holiday buys. So we're already planning fun holiday parties and all of these things. And we have some really exciting website related things coming out. Um, some influencer related things I can't share too much about, but there's stay tuned. A lot of amazing things in the in the works. And I think the community aspect of fashion pass you'll see start to get a lot bigger. Um, that's always been the goal and the dream. So you'll start to see some really fun things come out that drive our community because we have such a loyal member base and such a just fun, unique member base that they all love each other too. And I think our members tend to really be supportive of each other, especially on Instagram and things like that. So we want to just kind of incorporate that more into fashion pass as we grow. I've made so many friends on Instagram through fashion pass and just like following you guys and like seeing what girls also use fashion pass. And it's kind of crazy because you think it's like sisterhood of the traveling pants almost, but it really is. It's like, Oh my gosh, like I love this dress. And like, you have no idea like who, like most of the items I get are new pretty much. Cause I'm always like getting the like fresh you, releases, you but tap into the new arrivals. Oh yeah. So smart. I mean, nothing is better than like having an item arrive with the tag still on I it, know. but even Best. like some of the staples, like I'll like re rent some items that I just like love. Um, but I guess we've been talking this whole time. If people want to like know more specifics about fashion pass really quick, could you like break down like the different tier options and like yeah, what it is and how people can, um, get started. And also in the show notes, I'm obviously going to link my code because (laughs) you got to get on it, but quick explain it. Yeah. Yeah. So basically how fashion pass works is you pay one flat monthly price and you get to rent unlimited rentals each month. So you can swap out your clothing items, your accessories as many times a month as you want. And then you also have the option to purchase anything that you want to keep for a discounted members only price. So we have three plans that essentially determine the number of items that you can rent at any given time. So 
they vary between $79 and $139. And then Sarah's code will get you a nice little discount. Mm -hmm. But it's just, it's so fun. It's a way to basically have new clothes, whether it's every weekend or every week. It's just a great way to kind of switch up your wardrobe on a constant basis. And you can wear really fun brands like Sarah mentioned earlier, like for Love and Lemons and Show Me Your Moo Moo that tend to retail upwards of $200, $300 without making that investment. It's just a great way to save also Mm -hmm. and also have like new clothes to wear all the time. Well, totally. Like for Instagram or even, you know, like going to a wedding, even having like a long dress and, you know, maybe you you don't want to make that one-time investment on a dress that you're going to wear once. It just doesn't make any sense. And from a sustainability standpoint, I think fashion pass is awesome in that way too, because, you know, fast fashion and all of that, like we want to stay up with the trends, but I think it's really cool to have this library of clothes that are still in amazing condition, but, you know, have been, you know, shared and reused and, um, with, with also like keeping the integrity of the clothes and all of that. It's, it's amazing how you've, sustain this and it's genius. So thank you. Such a big fan. If people want to get in touch with you, if they want to like find more about fashion pass or just, um, maybe send you a DM or anything like that, where can they get in touch with fashion pass? Yeah, absolutely. So you can, um, reference our Instagram at fashion pass, and then you can DM us there anytime you can follow me. I'm not very big on Instagram, but you can follow me. It's Brittany Johnson 13. And then you can always reach out to fashion pass anytime at hello at fashionpass.com. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. Stay tuned for big things. Also, I'm going to be obviously wearing fashion pass at Brittany's wedding, Brittany and Joel's wedding. I guess he's also part of the equation. He he is sort of part of it. (laughs) He is half of the deal. (laughs) So excited for you. It's so good to talk with you and catch up. Thank you so much. It was so fun. 